Why do I remember Shrek 2 more than I do Shrek 1? So, because 2 is clearly better than Shrek 1. Shrek I, 2 is a fucking masterpiece of a movie. I don't know that I agree with that. But How I, dare you? I mean, it's great. It's cool. It's whatever. I don't... I don't know why I don't like it as much as Shrek 1, but I feel like I've watched it a lot more a lot more than I've watched Shrek 1. I watched it three times in cinemas. So, Shrek 1, here's your fucking rundown. Whole movie, Shrek 1. Shrek lives in swamp, no one likes Swamp Boy. After that, Donkey comes, other fairy tale people come. Because fucking Farquaad kicked them out of their kingdom. So then Donkey's like, hey Shrek, let's go to Farquaad and see what's all about this. And then and you so- figure out that the you know they got the fun the the cool talking donkey. Yeah, yeah, and so then Shrek and him go to Duloc, which is Farquaad's weird, weird, creepy kingdom. Real tall castle. Real tall castle. People with kinks live there. Anyways, Shrek gets in a wrestling match to bad reputation, so Shrek is Ronda Rousey confirmed. Then Farquaad comes out and is like, All right, I will let the fairy tale creatures back if you rescue my princess. So then he basically sends Shrek on a Han Solo-esque fucking bounty hunter mission to go rescue Fiona. He goes no. and rescues... Hold res- on. Okay. You know that Han's not a bounty hunter, right? Shrek is bounty hunter. I'm not saying... I said Han Solo-esque. Yeah, but... Look, Listen. Shrek has a tiny vest in a white shirt. Han Solo has a tiny vest in a white shirt. It's actually Basically, more like he's smuggling the princess away from the dragon, which would be more on brand for Han Solo. Okay, so Han Solo and his faithful partner Chewbacca go to rescue the princess. Whoa, are these the same movies? Anyways, Shrek <laughs> gets the princess and starts to take her back to Duloc. Then, Hallelujah by uh, Andy Cohen or whoever's plays while they fall in love. Then Fiona goes to sleep and it turns out that she's actually a secretly an ogre lady. Shrek doesn't find out, but Donkey finds out, I think. Then they go back to the kingdom. A hey, real sidebar. Yeah. If you type in which version of Hallelujah, it does autocorrect to was in Shrek. <laughs> okay, so after this, takes her back to the kingdom, and this is kind of where it falls apart for me, but I'm fairly sure he gives Fiona to Farquaad, and then she turns into a Shrek lady, I think. Mm-hmm. As Shrek is like, hey, stop the, stop the wedding! He and does object fo- to the wedding, yes. And then a dragon eats Farquaad, and I think he toots him out. And then Shrek and Fiona get married to the end. No, dra- dragon kills Farquaad when it when he get at. Hey, bud, do you think a tootin' out results in life I don't after think that, that happens. Does that happen... No, it's a burp. It's not a toot. It's a burp. Also, Donkey fucks that dragon. Donkey does fuck that dragon. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time. It's time. It's time. For a load. I'm talking, talking about a load. 
A load of BS. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, a load of BS. The greatest <laughs> show on the planet featuring the two best damn men of all time. And I'm talking about E, the B to the L-A-K-E. It's Blake Tanner. And bring in a, a new energy to the intro. That's that's the S. Scotty Moore. What you doing there, bud? I had a little burpsy caught in my throat, and I couldn't get it out. I was like, I can't burp during the intro, so I guess I'm just going to bring the energy with me of trying not to burp. It was the, um, the equivalent of the... Fuck me. I thought that sentence was going to begin with... It was the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. It was, it was up there. Um, (laughs) now, I'm glad that it wasn't what I was originally thinking and then it sounded like hmm, this sounds like the person who's trying to like keep their upchuck down oh yeah no, no no no, i'm not there yet uh so how was your week blakey t it was great um the end <laughs> yes i did the thing where we hung out we hung out we talked oh, about that yeah we're definitely gonna get into that a little bit after I ate at the best Chinese buffet in this air ever, called okay. King Buffett. King Buffett? King Buffett. That's what I, that's what I call Jimmy. It's He's actually ki- King Buffett's throne. King Buffett's throne. No, it's a Chinese buffet, and they have probably some of the, the biggest, biggest selection I've seen for a Chinese buffet, including whole tiny octopuses. I what you want a whole what? tiny octopus that's about that I, big? I don't want that. You I want don't a tiny octopus? You want to crunch into that octopus? I don't want that. You, cause you're not going to be crunching into it because it's very rubbery. I don't want that at all. I want to touch it, a tiny little octopus. I don't. I don't want this. You ever seen? Uh, you ever seen what they do where they cut a hot dog in half and they turn it into like a little no, octopus and they put a face no, on it? I it's like that, but it's a real octopus. I don't like this. No, and. Mr. Octopus, no. And then, of course, they have an ice cream bar. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. I'd be down with that. Oh, with octopus uh, ice cream. No! <laughs> the octopus is in the ice cream. There's a big octopus that serves you the ice cream. Yeah. And it's no. always crying, and you can hear it sniffling under its breath. My babies. Is it bad I had a perfect fucking mental image of what an octopus working at an ice cream counter would look like? I was yes. like, oh, he's got the fun hat on, and he's doing so many scoops at once with all of them tentacles? He's getting them. It's like fucking... Do you remember the game Octodad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I fucking loved Octodad. I wish Octodad was an ice cream guy. So, while you were off having octopus ice cream, I was having a just the weirdest fucking day. Because, have you ever, you know of the 4D sonogram, right? Um, yes, the fact that it shows your child is a hellspawn. From the demon realm. You ain't wrong. Yeah. You ain't wrong. It's Here's- not your baby. It is the baby of Cthulhu, <laughs> who <laughs> has descended from his holy city of Relay. And you've got a whole Rosemary's Baby situation going on now. Yep. Um, but uh, we got to, we did that the other day. Which, first problem, it's called a 4D sonogram. It's fucking three dimensions. There's no fourth dimension there, Blake. It's just three. Not sure what the four is there for. But 
Now I need to remind myself what the fourth dimension actually is. Time, I believe. But Oh, you get to see it in real time. Okay, that's what it is. But um, <laughs> because of because of this, I uh, see I'm going on a business quote unquote business trip this weekend where I may or may not also be going to the happiest place on Earth, Earth Disney World. Mm-hmm. And our our OBGYN did not have a time to schedule us before that. So Emily took it upon herself to find a local place that just does 4D sonograms. And Blake, it's a fucking house. Was it, for, re- was it 4D mommies? Let me repeat this. It's not in a strip mall, a dedicated hospital section. It's a fucking house by the lake. And this lady just decided, I'm going to go start touching babies here. And I'm like, that's not, none of this is tracking right with mm, me. I will say, though, that it does not take a lot nowadays to do a decent 4D sonogram. So that's fine. You could do it in a dark alley if you really wanted. I mean, the weird thing was like, uh, mother-in-law was like, how long did you go to school for this? She went, oh, well, two years. Not the sonogram part. I have to learn that by myself. I self-taught with this, and I'm like, oh, that's good. That's good. What'd you go to school for? Fucking business? So, um... Does she not, like, have a nursing degree or something? I don't know how long you have to have have a nursing degree, but it feels like more than two years. uh, Yeah, I feel like it's... I think it's four years for that, too. So I'm like, what did you take? What did you go to school for, actually? Teach me. You're you a hairdresser? So we walk in, and they have rip-off Build-A-Bears that you can put the heartbeat of your child inside, whereas I'm going to go to a real-ass Build-A-Bear and get it done. And well, but, that, that felt like a little bit of uh, professional malice. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes. But uh, let me just describe these creatures to you, because you know how animal look. Stuffed animal look. You got a big old fun head. You got kind of a little torso down there and some fun yeah. legs poking out. They're always a little bit like um, distorted. You know, they're a little yeah. bit um, to look cuter. Yeah, exactly. They're a little uh, extravagant. No, it's an e word. What? What am I thinking of? Elevated. I don't Elev- know. But fuck yeah, see, whatever. You were talking about Cthulhu, and I think you're correct. And it's these animals because it's not big head. Tiny head, long torso, like just a long. If it if the giraffe's neck was the torso, that's what it is. And then like little arms on the rest of it. It's oh, horrifying. That's nice. Exaggerated. That's it. Exaggerated yeah, yeah. features. So um, that all happens, and I'm already sketched out because once again, this is a medical procedure being done in a house by the lake. And I don't know what happens with a 4D sonogram, but uh, my baby also wasn't fucking having it because she's now turned on her belly, hiding from the camera, and they're taking the little wand thing and just stabbing it into her side and shaking it and trying to get the baby to roll over. And I'm like, she doesn't want her fucking picture taken. Respect my child. Quit doing it. And she's like stabbing it and shaking it and trying to get the baby all fucking riled up. And I'm just staring like, quit 
doing this to my baby? And then finally baby flips around and she's like, oh, we won't be able to get good pictures anyway because you're not drinking enough fluid. And I'm like, weird time to start fucking judging, dude. And she's like, no, no, no. You've got, you're healthy, but if you want good pictures, you basically have to drink enough water to where you're pissing every 30 seconds because that's the only way we can get enough fluid in there to get a picture. And I'm just staring mm. like, what the fuck? Do you just judge? And she's like, don't worry, come back on Tuesday. And I'm like, yeah, cool. I feel like that's something that so you should tell them beforehand, though. I thought the same fucking thing, Blake Tanner, because I'm just staring there like, really? You didn't think about telling us to drink a lot of water beforehand so we don't have to come back for your weird free checkup thing? You're not paying for the extra one, though, right? No, no, no. It's a free redo. Also, we paid... I'm not going to say how much it is. It's expensive. But we paid a certain amount, and then on Facebook we found that they've been offering a deal all March for, like, two-thirds the price. And I'm like, you know, you could have told us about that before you charged us this extravagant amount of money for this. But fine, you do you and your creepy housewoman. Do you think they throw some babies in the lake every now and again? Yeah, well, they're not that close to the lake, so I think the police would get them before they toss the baby into the lake. Do they have a baby trebuchet? Yeah. <laughs> a trebuchet is what it's actually A trebu-baby. A trebu-baby. Um, so that happened, and also, as you mentioned, we did this a good old hat-fashioned BS hangout where... All of you, our fans got together with us. Yeah, all of our fan hung out with us, and we went to go see an awesome improv show. Uh, before the show, we were debating about doing this as a thing that was awesome, but instead, I think we should just say now, Birmingham Improv Theater is fucking awesome. Like, we went, um, our friend Ty is in Positively Funny, which is their kind of host improv group. He's also one of the founders of that theater that just opened so if you're out there it's really cool you need to go has the episode where he's uh co-hosted on um fun fiction yeah yeah. he was on uh he was on fun fiction a few weeks back on the order of the phoenix episode because he knows so much about harry potter but we went to that they have a podcast studio set up there and i'm like i judged the whole time i'm just staring at it like i don't know those mics could probably be fucking better Oh, uh, well, I mean, I I think you've got a little bit of padding on the wall, but you could use more. The door's a real weak spot. Like, I'm just judging so hard. Oh, oh, you're using Mac. Okay, I see how that fucking is. Anyways. Hey, don't don't sleep on Mac. It's like you're mixing software, baby. Yeah, yeah. It's Sorry. great for all of your hardware needs if you're doing big old projects and you don't like it when they crash. The only Mac I need in my life is Justin Long from the Mac and PC commercials. But uh so we hung out, we had a good time at uh, that show. I got to use Mac I get to use uh Ty as a puppet. You great. did get to use Ty as a puppet, and let me tell you something, that was an embarrassing moment for me personally during the show. Oh, you mean when the host embarrassed you? So here's what happened. <laughs> I looked at Blake as we were outside during intermission, I said, hey, if they ever need two people, we should go up together, you know, BFFs doing things together, at which point you respond with... Was it no? It wasn't no, it was just a matter of, oh yeah, you could start going up there, but as soon as you turn around, you'll see me firmly <laughs> planted in my seat. And I'm like, oh. buddy, I was like, buddy, come on, no, it'll be fun. 
cut to, I reach for, they call for two people, I reach for your hand, which, by the way, was awkwardly close to your dick, and I felt real weird after that. And then, then they pointed right at you and said, come up here. And I went, wait a minute. I'm going to be the one left out. Blake's going to be the one in the spotlight. Oh, no. <laughs> and I look at this host who has been doing a phenomenal job. He was probably one of my favorite cast members they had that wasn't named Ty. And I said, I don't know what went through my mind. Because I could have easily held up my head and said I volunteer. Instead, I no, said, no, no, no. You said something different. I said, that's my best friend. No, you said, I'm his best friend. I'm his best friend. Like an alcoholic at a Leonard Skinner concert. (gasps) That's, I'm his best friend. And he just looks at me and goes, he's your best friend? Cool. Anyways, this person over here, come up. And I went, oh, that guy hates me now. No. And I spent half the time enjoying the sketch and the other half just kind of worrying about getting judged by that guy so hard. I was like, I thought me and him could be friends, but no, not anymore, because he's my best friend. Fuck. That's a... (laughs) Fuck. Fuck. (laughs) It was a good show, though. I really enjoyed it. I, uh, I don't... As a child, I didn't have many embarrassing moments. I'm really racking them up as an adult, I think. Uh, <laughs> so what you're saying is you don't have those moments where you go back like to second or third grade where you remember that one embarrassing thing, but now you're just going back to last week when that happened. Yeah, I'm like back when I went to Universal and I, I told Noelle Foley, hey, the Foley family's all here, that weird shit. Yeah, that's what I remember now. Oh, buddy... Yeah, so, but I want to look forward to the future, and by the future, I mean the past, and by the past, I mean February in the BS catalog, because Blake, I've come up with an idea, because now we're kind of a brainstorming show, and we each kind of come with ideas each week. I like the idea that if we want, at the beginning of each month, we can look at the previous month and all those ideas and flesh it out a little more. This Would is you, um, because you, you had a very intense brainstorming day about... I, which is another way of saying I had a very slow day at work. <laughs> but I'd like to present to you Game of Beef Redux, our fast food Game of Thrones show. Mm-hmm. Which I think has been one of my favorite things we've played around with since the reboot. So, I made a fucking burger family tree... And I've made a timeline of the 100 years BW, and I won't explain what BW means yet. So, firstly, let me take you through the family tree. There is the Burger King who was originally married to Lady McDonald. And those two together, of course, had Wendy and Ron McDonald, who, of course, took his mother's name because his father hated him. Mm -hmm. Cut to 100 BW. The death of Queen MacDonald. The king is uh, horribly sad about this. And then in uh, 90 BW, 10 years later, the king remarries. And this is where the Burger King marries the Dairy Queen. Mm -hmm. And over the next, uh, let me see, over the next 15 years, they have twins. Those are named Steak and Shake. And then... (laughs) 
Beef, 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 beef. Keep going, keep going. Beef, 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 In 75 BW, we get the birth of Jack in the box. Cut to 10 years later, the first fast food war. During this war, Ron McDonald betrays his father, slaying him, trying to take back his throne. By the way, when the king remarried, Ronald completely defected and formed his own alliance. Ronald kills the king, but then Ronald is killed by Jack's hand, and the Dairy Queen rises after her son uh, helps her take the throne. So now Jack's not even really in power yet. Also, at some point, I know Game of Thrones has some weird incest shit in it, so Steak and Shake are involved in a triple threat relationship with Sonic, and they have, uh, Sonic has a baby with Steak and a baby now, with Shake. the really funny bit from this is, it's not Sonic the fast food brand, it is the it, Blue Hedgehog. No, I had to have it be the fast food brand, because... No, pregnant Sonic, you already got it there. Right. Uh, they have... Each have a baby. One is named is Aria. One is named is Walter. They're known as the A and W siblings. Uh, now back to normal timeline. At sixty BW, Wendy leads an assault against the Queen, but she fails after her lover Carlito dies. And of course, Carlito is Carlito Joe Quiero, who is the human version of the Taco Bell dog, and. <laughs> Well, his family, of course, is known for um, being the uh, purveyors of the ancient castle of the Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, then Wendy fails in her mission, and then a few days later realizes, oh no, she can't fight anymore. Why's that? She's pregnant. Oh no, Wendy's pregnant. She can no longer battle. And then she, of course, gives birth. To a child who she names after its father, Carlito. This is Carl's Jr. Uh, so All right. Okay. Fine. Come back in it. I'm back in it. Uh, so that happens in 59 BW is the birth of Carl's Jr. In 55 BW, Jack betrays his mother, claiming the throne himself, and uh, he marries a local woman. Or a queen, or a princess from a neighboring kingdom, um, named Rachel John, who is of course heir to the Papa John kingdom. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This now, which by the way, this also now makes her name uh, Rachel Berger, so people call her Arby's. So <laughs> you had to, you really thought about that one because she has the meat. So let's see what happens next at forty BW. Over the fifteen year skip here. Jack, Jack in the Box, and Arby's try to have a girl. That's all they've ever wanted is a daughter. They want a daughter. But it takes a while, which is why they then give birth to five guys. Um, uh, <laughs> and all they, at once. Yeah, well, each of the five guys become heads of infantry. So there's like a Marine five guy, there's a Navy five guy, all of them together. Well, the thing is that um, the Navy five guy, he's still a five guy, but he becomes more well-known as Captain D. Captain <laughs> Yes! Thank you so much. Um, after multiple attempts to birth a girl, Jack and Arby give birth to their daughter, who they named Anna out. 
so Anna outs there, and then um, I don't know who the soothsayers would be, but the soothsayers after uh, in. 35 BW, so this is when Anna's five years old, Anna is banished after a prophecy declares her to be the end of Jack's reign as king. And as a, as a Greek tale often does, she is banished from the kingdom forever. So yep. then she goes to... Let me see where I had her end up leaving. She... Oh yeah, that's right. She kind of starts living with Carl's Jr., so her and Carl's... Oh, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot about this a bit. Carl's Jr. actually meets a woman named Checker... Uh, what was the name? Charlie Checkers? So mm-hmm. Carl's Jr. and Charlie Checkers together make a baby named Hardy Rallies. Because... Are you sure it's not Carl Hardy's Jr.? If you remember that. Well, no, no, it wasn't. Uh, because here's the thing. Carl's Jr. had to go undercover at some point as Hardy's. And Charlie Checkers understands that because he was also undercover as someone named Rallies. So they named their child Hardy Rallies after their time undercover. And so now we have <clears throat> the heir to the McDonald kingdom and the heir to the Burger King kingdom, Hardy Rallies and Anna out. These are your new children here. Uh, in 20BW, Rachel defects from Jack, so Arby's leaves Jack, to join her daughter and Hardy against her husband in an epic war. Thus beginning, Blake, the second fast food war. And during this, uh, this happens around 10BW, Jack slays Rachel and banishes everyone from their kingdom where they go to live in um, Arby's old home of Pizzaville. So they're <laughs> welcome into open arms by the Papa John. And then after numerous attempts to finally birth a child, Hardy, the heir to the McDonald kingdom, and Anna, the heir to the Burger kingdom, they conceive a child. And in the night, the Burger King appears unto them. And he says that this man is a savior and he will save the world from Jack's evil tyranny. And when the baby is born through possibly immaculate, con- uh, I wanted it to be immaculate conception at first, but then I realized like, wait a minute, I much prefer the idea that it's the two sides of the kingdom coming together and it's their reunion that produces this baby, this beautiful, what? Um, First, real, real quick thought though. Um, the like, you know how soldiers kind of have a common name. Like, um, they would have different names for uh, like your normal foot soldiers when they got together in a group. Yeah. The uh, the Burger and later McDonald Kingdom, their entire progeny, their their soldiers would be known as Fry Guys, wouldn't they? Oh yeah, obviously, of course. Oh, okay. ooh, ooh. I also like the idea that like. Um, how about this? Checker, check, uh, Carl's Jr. and Checkers were in the infantry, and they all got nicknames, and that's how they got the name Rallies and the name uh, Hardies, and that's how that happened. But okay. anyways, um, so the baby is born unto them, and in that day, three wise, three fry guys <laughs> came upon them. Three fries, men. Three fries, men, where it came upon this child who was laid in swaddling lettuce. <laughs> They gave him gifts. <laughs> of ketchup, mustard, and mayonnaise. 
And then, I'm sorry. Hold on. Okay. Ketchup, honey mustard, honey and mustard. chicken nugs. And chicken nuggets. And then, of course, this is the moment where the child gets its name because it's born and it's a beautiful moment. The sky seems brighter. It's almost like the bringing of this child into the world has illuminated everything around it. And from oh, no. the mouth of – from the mouth. Oh, no. A fucking Anna out utters his name because all she can say is, what a burger. God damn it. <laughs> I knew this was coming. I, for minutes, I was wondering, he has not mentioned what a burger yet. <laughs> no, what a burger is the savior. Now, there's the thing, something we haven't covered yet is like, is if there's religion in the, um, in the beef averse. And I do think that, like, what the main thing is, is everyone's concerned with getting to hamburger heaven. Well, see, here's my thing. I like the, I, like, we did the Jesus thing as a goof. I don't think this is a religious child. I just think he's the one to, he is the one that fulfills the prophecy. Anna oh. out is the one to end the thing because she's the one to produce Whataburger. Oh, no, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about every medieval society has to have some kind of weird religious cult. I and I like think it's... the cult of hamburger heaven is where we're going to go, right? I think they worship the Burger King. Like, after he died, they worship him now. And he sits upon a throne in Hamburger Heaven. Yes, exactly. I'm fine with that. Oh, shit, I forgot Hamburger Heaven was a restaurant near us. It, yep. Um. So, that's all I've got. Should we write the ending? Should we write season five right now? You because know, part of me wants to, but the other part of me actually wants, like, this to be the next, like series of novellas that you write <laughs> i feel like i'll get sued so quick no you <laughs> change those names up bad boy you can do it like i'm the george rr R. martin of fast i'm the weird al yankovic of game of thrones <laughs> yep okay look so i if i even if i do write them we have to come up with the ending. I gotta know where I'm going. I always write the ending first, which is the um, logical way to write things. So, um, if you want to go full, George R. R. Martin. He dies instantly after being trampled by a hamburger. Yeah, the Whataburger chokes on a chicken nugget and dies. Can I can I propose a concept? Mm-hmm. And it's you know. Um, I don't know Game of Thrones, but I have to assume it's like all these warring countries, but when the night... Is it the Night King? Who's the spooky blue boy? Yes, Sp that's the uh, that's the Night King, the Lord of the, uh, the White Walkers, or yeah. the others in the book series. I have to assume that when he attacks, all of the countries come together to fight him, right? Like they're reunited under a common enemy. Oh, yeah. Can we have... A common enemy. I don't know what restaurant it'd be themed after, but it's vegans. <laughs> and they're oh, led man. by they're led by Hello Fresh, their leader. No, what if it's not a restaurant? What if it's an actual like food delivery service? No, it's Whole Foods. Whole Foods. And like Whole Foods you know, in the beginning. It's not that much of a threat. They can keep it contained 
until it combines with the etherly force of Amazon. 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 That, no, the Amazons is what you. The Amazons, here. yes. <laughs> Vegans are coming. Oh no! <laughs> um. So is there like a wall to keep out Whole Foods and the vegans, and it's just made of hamburgers? Yep, it's the it's the meat wall. Uh-huh. So basically, I almost like the idea that the uh, Whataburger grows up the first twenty years, and he does not realize that he's the heir to a throne, and his parents don't want to tell him. Or do his parents die? Is it a Harry Potter situation? And he has to grow up. On a pizza farm with his pizza fa- uncle and his pizza aunt. This pe- <laughs> okay. Well, of that- course, his uh, pizza uncle and pizza aunt—they're they're heirs to their own kingdom, which may come under threat later. So it's his job to unite the three kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Because I I don't know what the third one is, like tacos maybe, but there's only like four of those I can name. Well, you got Sabaros, um, Taco Sbarro's... Bell, Del Taco. Hey, bud. No, Sabaros is pizza, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> Thank Talk, you. What's the What's the taco place that I'm thinking of? Taco Bell. I think Moe's could count. Could Moe's count as fast food? Moe's could count, but I do think that the Moe's family was overthrown by the Salsaritas. You damn fucking right it was. No, so like there's the Moe's family, Salsaritas, um, Taco Bell, Chipotle, who is like thinks he's the king, but he's really not. Yeah. Um, Del Taco, of course. Um, so, El Pollo Loco. So really, I think all of the. How do we get the third one in there? Because right now he's obviously heir to the pizza kingdom through his aunt and uncle. Mm-hmm. And then he's heir to he's already heir apparent to the Burger Kingdom because he's the only one left besides Jack because everyone else is dead. Yeah. So once Jack is out, he's king of that kingdom. Maybe he marries the princess of the Taco Kingdom. Yeah, he could marry into it because he See, the princess of the Taco Kingdom could be, like, ousted on her own. And she's trying to find, like, help in the other kingdoms to reclaim her throne that's rightfully hers. Right. And then she meets up with Whataburger and they get down. Okay, okay, so that all happens. They all come together and then the Pizza Kingdom and the Taco Kingdom come together behind him to lead an assault on the Burger Kingdom. Oh my god, Scotty. The princess is has been ousted by her uncle Mo after like her father's death. Can and can the princess's I, name Salsa Rita. I was gonna say Della Taco, but okay, I like yours too. I guess no Salsa Rita. Okay, so Salsa Rita and Whataburger, and I guess he's gotta have like a pizza cousin. And the pizza cousin hangs out with him. Well, they chill out with um, the Lord of the Pizza Huts for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all three of them lead an assault of the two kingdoms on the Burger Kingdom. They kill Jack. He takes his rightful place as king. Everyone thinks this is the end. They're like, how could this, how could anything else happen? And then the burger wall falls. And behind it 
is revealed a giant Whole Foods surrounded by vegans. Vegans, 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 vegans. And then he takes out his sword, which is just a giant french fry, holds it out. It says, we're not done. Boom, season six, done. We've got it. I want them to be able to dip their fry swords into, like, animal fat and light them on fire. Yes, absolutely. I... I'm really liking the concept of revisitation right now. That was very nice, but for right now, Blake Tanner, would you like to go beg for money? I guess we gotta pull into the shill station. Ding, ding! ding. So, Blake Tanner, have you ever... Have you ever looked at one of those things I call... It's a building, and they you're not allowed to talk in them. I believe they're called laberis. Donde esta la biblioteca? Donde esta... Si, si, si! <laughs> uh, Mi nombre es Salsarita. What? Donde esta la biblioteca? <laughs> Mi nombre es Salsarita. Que es tu... Yes, to taco, Uncle. God damn it! I'll get, get me a, finish finish so, the book plug. Wouldn't it be awesome if there was a library in your pocket? Well, Audible.com gives you that option. You just can't read the books. They will be read to you in audiobook format, so you ain't got to worry about pesky reading. You can drive, bike, exercise, all while getting books delivered straight to you and straight to your phone, ladies and gentlemen. If you go to audibletrial.com slash bsnetwork, you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible. You can get any of my books for free on there. The Quiesel Corp Trilogy, BS versus the Gods, they're all available on there. Over 130,000 audiobooks are available to you on audibletrial.com slash BS Network. But Blakey T, what if they want to support us, but 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 they don't need anything. They don't need books. They don't need merchandise. Where could they go? You mean they're tired of our um, constant shilling and they want to throw money at us so we can shut up and do the podcast? Yes. If you are tired of listening to the shill station, I hear I'm going to throw it out here. If we get so much money on Patreon.com slash a load of BS, we will forever leave the shill station. We will become, we will charge ourselves electrically. We won't have to go into Big Shill's pocket. You, this is the most horrifying thing you've ever said. Patreon.com slash a load of BS. Give us a bunch of money on this website. If you love us, because we love you. What if what if me what if Meundies wants to sponsor us? We gotta have the Shill Station for that. We can't just leave the Shill Station. We need it. Well, then we'll have to go, we'll have to pull back into the Shill Station because we got bought out by Big Shill. We got bought out by Big Undies. But wait, what what if they do donate? What do they get? Fuck if I know. You get if you if you actually donate. If you're one of the few people that donates, then you get shouted out on the podcast every week. Like the Patreon Saints themselves, Deborah and Scott Moore. Hi, mom and dad. And then also, in addition to that, you get access to our exclusive Discord, where you can hang out and chat with the BS, and of course, access to me and Blake's dumb, stupid Dookie show we do called "You Paid for This." God, where, where we watch terrible movies. And then we kind of just commentate over them, a la Rift Tracks or Mystery Science Theater, just with less jokes. 
it's more just kind of us talking while a movie happens. Less jokes and more bewilderment and questioning what we're doing with our lives. We just watched nothing but trouble, y'all. We did it. We have, it's going to be the next episode. It should be out sometime next week for all of our patrons. We also did Larry the Cable Guy Health Inspector, so you'll get access to that. And any future episodes, as long as you keep donating on patreon.com slash a load of BS. And also, this has gone too long, so I'm just going to say, if you want merch, if you want shirts, if you want the BS Boozy Sippy Cup, go to merch.aloadofpurebs.com and pick it up. But for now, Blake Tanner, we've talked about Meatville, the Burger Kingdom, and the birth of Burger Jesus. Where are we going now? Um, we're going to Tuesday. Well, uh, okay, what? Fat Tuesday, baby. Oh, baby. I thought you were just going to be like, we're going to a restaurant. Because you did get this idea while we were at a Mexican restaurant and you were just chowing down on a jalapeno margarita. Yes, it was great. It gave me heartburn for two days. I'll bet it did. Um, But as we were there, the uh, restaurant had a holiday tree up and they had it all decked out for Mardi Gras. And I realized... In our almost three years of doing this podcast, we've never done a Mardi Gras theme thing at all. Maybe we have. I don't know. I'm not going to listen to the rest of the podcast. Have you ever celebrated Mardi Gras? Um, kind of. Like, I got the... I got the... I've gotten beads before because my grandparents were very much about, like, going to New Orleans for Mardi Gras and coming back with massive bags of beads. Like, too many beads to exist. The beads are great. Yeah. Have you ever eaten a king cake before? King cakes are great. Yeah, I don't know anything about Mardi Gras. So, I'm hoping to learn about Mardi Gras through this segment. I am now, like, the fucking... It's a Peanuts holiday special about Mardi Gras. Oh... I don't know shit about Mardi Gras. I just know what it's a day when people party. Oh, no. And, like... Now, actually, I do know a little bit. So, Mardi Gras is Fat Tuesday, which is the day before Ash Wednesday, which yeah. is a big Catholic thing. And I think, is Ash Wednesday the start of Lent? Yeah, it's the beginning of Lent, I believe, because it ends at Easter. Right. And the reason that Fat Tuesday is around is basically so you can get all the sin out before you get your ashes on Wednesday. Accurate, yes. That's when you just like, all right, I know what I'm gonna, I know what I'm gonna be abstaining from for the next fucking month. I gotta get it all out because yeah. I'm a human being. It's essentially like the purge for your carnal desires. Well. I don't know where this is going, but I'm definitely going to say a Purge movie, but it's just Mardi Gras. Yep. Um, I was thinking some kind of travel movie as well. Like, it's got to have a travel aspect. Like, someone wants to get somewhere for Mardi Gras. I'm I'm down with that. Um, But, so, also, just because I like to brag about the fact that I know French, Mardi means Tuesday and Gras means fat. So, there you go. It literally means Fat, it's fat Tuesday. Tuesday. All right, there we go. Um, so, so, real quick though, because I just want to talk about the history of it. A king cake 
is a, a cake associated uh, in a number of countries with the Festival of Epiphany at the end of the Christmas season. In other places, it is associated with the pre-Lenten celebration of Mardi Gras slash Carnival. Carnival is actually something um, that's different, it- but it's basically... <laughs> it also exists. Yeah, no, it is. It's another pre-Lent like celebration. Yeah. Also, uh, Epiphany is my birthday, so I'm upset that I don't know more about the king cake. <laughs> um, it's just a very delicious cake that's got a baby in it. And Scotty, do you know what happens if you get the baby? It's either good luck. Or not good luck. I know that much. It is good luck, but that also means that next year, you have to bring the king cake. That's what it is. Okay, I knew that was something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked up, um, my first thing was, what are the, what's the worst place to celebrate Mardi Gras? Because my thought was, we have, like, a group of people who want to go to celebrate Mardi Gras in the best place to celebrate it, and they end up in the worst Okay, Iowa. I'm just gonna call it right now. Iowa, worst place for Mardi Gras. Well, surprisingly enough, and I've heard about it before, but one of the... Now, of course, the best place to celebrate Mardi Gras is New Orleans. Ain't nothing about that. That's what we know. That's the truth. That's facts. I would say, objectively, the second best place is Mobile, Alabama. I mean, anywhere in the South, really. Like, as long as you're, like, near ocean water Mm -hmm. and alcohol, you're good with Mardi Gras. Yeah, but we have Mobile, Alabama. It's something we can be proud of. Yeah. They took away my moon pie drop, Scotty. I'm very upset, so I need (laughs) something. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, Okay, here's my idea for the film. Mm -hmm. It is a... It's like Footloose. But they banned Mardi Gras. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. Now, before we go deeper into this, I did also look up, like, some of the worst stories about Mardi Gras. Okay. And I was hoping that we could incorporate these into the movie. Okay, okay. So, for example, in 2015, uh, a Mardi Gras, like, crew of muses parade resulted in deadly violence. Or... It could be the time that 20 people died in Haiti after a parade float ran into a power line. Okay, no. This is good. I want this to be, like, turned into a horror movie. Why would you do that? (laughs) Um, Also, can we quickly talk about another thing? Mostly because I want to bring attention to a certain boy who's gotten to do this. And it's the Bacchus of Mardi Gras? Or is it Bacchus of Mardi Gras? Yeah, I've heard it pronounced either way. Um, but you know what it is, right? He's I've heard... Sin- what does he do? He's king... He's hot king shit, man! It just may He is the king oh. of Mardi Gras. I, I, I know why you're looking at this now, because I know who the king this year is. Now, see, Blake, yes, Jensen Ackles of Supernatural, a.k.a. my dad, is back as this year. That's not who I want to bring attention to. Because, like, if you look at the outfit, it's like this grandiose kind of king outfit, right? I want you to look up Bacchus Mardi Gras and then just throw one name after that 
And that name is Nicolas Cage. Oh. <laughs> because most people dress like the king. <laughs> Nicolas Cage, however, chose... he just <laughs> he chose... dressed like Nicolas Cage on a Tuesday. He's dressed like Daredevil. <laughs> He's like, yeah, let's do this. Oh my God! When was he? <laughs> God, ah. Jesus! He was gotten. 2002? Oh, yeah. That was a ways back. I found an article, a real article written by someone on the internet, and all... You know articles usually have to be important in information giving. All this article is is Nicolas Cage says you should eat oysters at Cochon. That's it. That's the whole content of the article in one headline. Yeah, I think that's all that Steve could... Steve... That's yeah. all that Nick could be good for. So, I think we found our now, leading man. hold on. One of my favorite things about this is, so the 2004 king of Mardi Gras was Elijah Wood. Yes. The 2005 king was Sean Astin. Yeah! <laughs> that's, that's a beautiful... That's a beautiful combo right there. That just means, uh, if, if they're gonna keep this up, that means next year we're gonna get, uh, Jared Padalecki as Vacus. <laughs> Can't oh. wait. So wait, we would have to flip, uh, a coin to see which one of us would be king first. Oh, no, I'll let you be king first. I'm fine with that. That means I get to know what I have to run up and beat the next year. Although I'm just gonna call up Nick and be like, Nick, it's your boy. Where's that Bacchus outfit at? Get you, get at me. Uh, but as I was that, saying, I would just have Jensen Ackles at my side all the time. Then, as I was saying, I think we found the lead for our Mardi Gras fucking Footloose film, and it's Nicolas Cage in that outfit. Except he has to have a bad Louisiana accent, and he's also a voodoo man. <laughs> okay, counting the number of movies that Nicolas Cage has done. In New Orleans and or Mobile, Alabama, I think he can do that. Yeah, he's gonna be. What's it? What do do we have a name for him? Groovy uh, tubes. No, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> they call me Groovy Tubes. That's my name when I'm back. Is back is Groovy Tubes. I think this just needs to be a documentary. Of. Let's say an embellished documentary of Nicolas Cage's time as the King of Mardi Gras. And, okay, so what it is, is the float he's on does not stop going. It's, wait, it's fucking, fucking, what was the movie where if the bus got below a certain speed it would explode? God. that, but with the float Nicolas Cage is on. You mean speed? It's speed with Nicolas Cage in, as Bacchus on a Mardi Gras float, except it can only go below like 20 miles per hour, because otherwise they'd be tearing people apart in this float. Oh my god, but that would be great, wouldn't it? So, they start driving, and they don't stop until they end up in random city iowa where the bomb i guess doesn't explode like the bomb falls off the and bomb the- falls well they find out from the bomb maker that it can only work in a party city well no it can only work within a certain radius 
So now that they're outside of the radius, it no longer works. The float breaks down, and now Nicolas Cage has to bring Mardi Gras fun to a small Iowa town where he meets a young girl named Margaret Gras. <laughs> Who they call Margie Gras, and Margie has always wanted to celebrate Mardi Gras, but due to the people in her town, she's not allowed to. When did this turn into a Hallmark Christmas movie? <laughs> the minute that Margie came in. And then they fall in love. And Nicolas Cage goes to jail because Margie's like 14. Oh yeah, there's a, if this is Hallmark, there has to be a huge difference in age between leading man and leading woman. A creepy difference. Yep. And, okay, uh, that's it. So why is Mardi Gras banned in this town, do you think? Um, I think that it's just because, like... Whoever's controlling this town doesn't want them to have too much fun. Can I can I add a, a, a like a different take on it? Mm -hmm. Mardi Gras happens because of Lent, which is a largely Catholic celebration. Uh. This is a strong Protestant town who does not want Catholic beliefs invading. So it's a reverse footloose. It's anti-Christian, but just one sect of it. It's Antichrist, Lou. Yeah, Antichrist light. So, so Nikki, it's um basically what England did. Mm -hmm. So fuck Nikki, the Catholics. So Nikki comes and is just like, you don't understand. Mardi Gras isn't about Lent. It's about having a good time. Come on. And he's got it's about all that sin that happens before Lent. And like he goes on as about like. How it's about everybody just getting all their bad stuff out so they can deal with Lent. And then this guy's looking on in horror because he's realizing, oh my god, the Catholics weren't my enemy. It was sin all along. I have another direction and I'm going to pitch it to you. So Lent is the concept of 40 days of sacrificing something very important to you, sacrificing, yep. like, that evil, that sin. It's also the concept of the fact that we couldn't do it last year, so we didn't even talk about it this year. Yeah. So, with this, I like to think this is a good Christian town. On their Mardi Gras, they have to be as good as possible. So Nicolas Cage thinks... These guys are a bunch of hosers. What's going on? I hate this. Cut to day one of Lent, which in this town is reverse Lent. Now Nicolas Cage has to survive 40 days and 40 nights of debauchery. And like the beginning of the film is him bragging about like, I could do this all fucking day. I could do this forever. And now he's actually got to own up to that. He's got to keep up with this. I guess it makes sense because only Nicolas Cage wouldn't, like, realize that he could just leave. <laughs> He's like, no, I gotta outpour each and every one of these crazy motherfuckers. Like, I, I, just I just bought a dinosaur skull again. I don't live here. My wife is worried about me. I don't care, I got three wives now. Fuck, this is the evil Nicolas Cage and the good Nicolas Cage on his shoulder arguing. No, there's just two Nicolas Cages at that point. <laughs> he 
This is where it's gonna go. Nicolas Cage creates a separate personality, and whenever they both interact with each other, it's just two Nicolas Cages in the room. It's just like Gollum. No, no, no. I like the idea that it's like multiplicity. And he's like, I'm all partied out. I can't keep going. What if I make multiple clones of myself to go and party at specific intervals throughout the day? And then he keeps making clones. And they keep getting worse and worse. And then, like, our our Nicolas Cage, the one that we're following. Yeah. Like, he decides that he's gonna go home. But as he drives up to his to his house, his palatial estate, he sees the real original Nicolas Cage having dinner with his wife. Cage and he crime. knows that he's a clone. And then a tear rolls down his cheek as we as go he to drives the- his car off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then surround <laughs> it's a montage during the credits of Multiple cherry red Ferraris <laughs> going off of the edge of a cliff as multiple clones kill themselves. <laughs> and it's, it's just the same footage over and over again. <laughs> and then cut to Cage making dinner. He's like, feels like a part of me's dying. <laughs> Every five seconds. <laughs> And it's called Cage Prime, coming to Hallmark this summer. Oh, fuck. That one didn't have a lot... Okay, that one had a lot of legs, but none of them were where legs needed to go. It's like it had one coming out of the shoulder. It's like, it ain't running, but it's got legs. It's like we made one too many cage clones. (laughs) And it just... This was the Cronenberg cage. It's just got 50 legs all around its body. Well, we did something. We made something. We found a cage prime at Mardi Gras. Uh, I'm glad that I got all of my Mardi Gras history in, though. I'm really happy that happened. Like, there are moments on this show where I'm like, I usually, if I come in with a pitch, I got an idea where it's going to go. Now, when you brought to the table your Mardi Gras buddy travel movie, did you think we would get to the concept of multiple clones of Nicolas Cage killing themselves? No, but I'm happy I got there. I'm happy I got there. So, it's been a week, and after killing all these clones, I think we need to have a little bit of whoppa! Shout of positivity. So, Blake Tanner, what was awesome this week? (laughs) I did this fucking twice in the last seven days since we recorded, but... Scotty, there's something that I discovered last year in 2018 that I've decided to make kind of the closest thing to a 2019 um, New Year's resolution that I could. Yeah. And that is every month... To buy a new candle. To buy a new scented candle and burn that candle for a month. I was there for the first candle. You were. Which makes me very happy. So wait, what's candle of the month now? Or is this is this February candle burning out or is this March candle burning in? February candle is currently like I'm leaving this bad boy all night on until it, it burns out completely because um 
For February, I had a candle called Silver Birch from Yankee Candles. Very nice. Very um, woodsy flavor. When I bought the first Silver Birch candle, um, I was holding it by the top. It slipped out of my fingers and broke all around the aisle at Walmart that I was in. And so I picked up the big pits of glass and I just put it back on the shelf. Got another one. Okay. And um, so that bad boy's burning out. Lasted a lot longer. The next one that I've got is uh, from some fucking brand at a Target that I was at called Waterfall. Ooh. See, I love candles. Mm -hmm. I thought, like, here's the thing. I've used wax melters before. Ain't the same. There's just something about having a dangerous open flame in your house that really... Because I also... I got a essential oil diffuser. I also learned I can't use those. Aww. Because I got a... For Christmas, I got like an eight-pack of cool Disney-flavored essential oils that smell like shit at Disney World. And I got real excited. Then I realized if I use them, I can't breathe for the next hour, which usually never happens. But, like, I would get choked up. Because of it. So can candles are like the only thing that I, truly brings me joy that can make a room give a good smell. Now here's the thing though. I bought another candle before I bought the waterfall candle. Okay. It's called Summer Rain. And I realized that I couldn't use it for my March candle because it's not quite summer yet. Yeah, that's a weird one. That's a weird one to choose there, bud. Well, it's just because it was the one that smelled the best. I mean, are you like me, like, just, because with me, like, seasonal things really don't matter that much. If it smells good, it smells good to me. But now as I'm, like, getting older, I'm getting to a point where as an adult, I'm like, well, this candle has more of, like, a wintry scent. I can only use it in winter. And I'm like, no, I could use it now. I could use it now, but it does kind of, the one that I've got kind of does remind me of a rainy season, which... If you live anywhere in the southeast right now, you would understand why this is bullshit, because it's not quite the rainy season yet. It's about to be the snowy season, which is weird to me. Yep, true, true facts. Yeah. Um, So that's why I wanted to go ahead and get another one. But, you know, I love me some candles, and what I'm going to do this year is, every time that the candle reaches its end, I'm going to melt down all the wax and uh, pour it into the... Uh, the candle glass from the first candle that I had this year. You should put a wick in the bottom of it, and then you could just, like, have a full... Oh, that's yeah. what you should do! Put a wick in it, and then have a New Year's party, and burn it, and then you can burn through all the candles from that year. Yep, that's what I did with 2018. It's just, it wasn't nearly as many candles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. What's your awesome thing, buddy? I have two, and I've already told you about both of them. One of them I haven't gotten into as much, so I can't talk a lot about, but it's a podcast called Off Book, and it is a completely improvised musical podcast. I wasn't sure how I'd feel about it, and so I've only listened to two full episodes right now, but they go buck wild places, and it's really, really good. And yep. the, the only thing with me right now is it's a matter of, Improving music is really hard, and sometimes they have to rush through to get everything in a line, and it gets kind of cringy, but otherwise, it's a really good fucking show for what it is. <laughs> it is sometimes hard to do that, even when you know the words. Yeah. So, uh, I did li finish listening, I did finish listening to the episode that we were listening to the other night. I thought it was, I, I enjoyed it. I, uh, I still, you're talking about the one with Travis McElroy, Book of Horses. Mm -hmm. 
I will be quietly humming H-O-R-S-E God, Horse God. I just will hum that to myself at times. Like, it's amazing that they can accidentally make catchy songs Mm -hmm. just off improv. Um, But the main thing I want to talk about right now, Blake Tanner, is uh, a show that I was afraid I'd never be able to watch because I don't have cable. But then I learned that the VH1 app, if you can log in with like five, I think it's Philo, I think is what it's called. It's like an online TV thing. Well, my parents have it. So I jacked it, stole Mm -hmm. it. Stole it and used it to log into VH1 to watch RuPaul's motherfucking Drag Race. Yes, it's so good. Welcome. I mean, welcome to the party, buddy. I know. It's one of those things that I was just like, I know I'm going to love it, but it's just going to take me so long to finally get in, find it. And I finally found it. It's the same thing. It's the same feeling as when I first watched Great British Bake Off. And I'm, I will yeah. give... I'll give Bake Off an edge because I need, like, I feel like this is a world where you need a lot more positivity and that's what Bake Off can bring. (laughs) But Drag Race is just so, it's, it appeals to the child in you because it's just bright colors and funny things. And that's Mm -hmm. really it. Like, this, the first episode I watched, which was episode one of season 11, where they're walking down the runway, and I'm like, I don't want to watch a fashion show. And then you just hear all mm. of the judges start dragging them and making fun of them as they walk down. And I'm like, never mind. This is the greatest show of all time. Oh, it's such a good show. I can't believe it's been on for 10 years now. Yeah. Um, rest, famous dick wrestler Joey Ryan was on it, and I didn't realize that until I Googled it earlier today. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'll tell you, like, I um, I, I guess it's because I do come from that great British Bake Off school of, like, everyone needs to be happy. And uh, most of the drag queens are, and they're usually just like, yes, girl, I want you to work. And my favorite is when they're just like, when it comes to, I'm watching All Stars right now, season four, and at the end of it, the two queens who did the best perform in a lip sync competition, which, holy fuck, is my favorite concept ever to be put into a reality TV show. And then whoever wins gets to choose who who goes home. And I was afraid, like, oh, no, they'll just always send the best person home. So as it goes on, we're going to get weaker and weaker contestants. No. Every single week, they're just like, girl, I want to prove myself against the best of the best, and I'm going to make sure you stay here. And I'm like, oh, okay, I understand. And the only reason I like that Mm -hmm. is because they sent home fucking this fucking bitch, the worst. I didn't like her. She was my least favorite queen on the show. I've never felt such anger towards one human being, and they got her off on the episode I watched this morning, and I'm so happy about it. So anyways, that was my thing that was awesome this week. <laughs> uh, all right. We had a lot of we had a slew of awesomeness. Oh slew wait, also, I just want to say this. I want to live in whatever world RuPaul lives in because RuPaul is on some like superhero legend legend of Zelda bullshit where like just speaks in like riddles and prophetic words and she's like <laughs> my all stars they live in infamy now and I'm like this is just normal life but you got it bitch yeah it f- you know what you should do you should um you should write a character like that into the uh, the beefiverse 
Oh, into the B. Oh, I thought you were going to say into the next BS book, which I have almost finished my full plot summary for. And into I'm really the, excited um, for it. What's a synonym for game? Um, I don't. ARG? <laughs> the BS ARG? No, um, the, uh. Fuck. Uh, the fuck, yeah, I'm gonna ride him into the fuck. The the gamble of beef. The ga- <laughs> gamble of beef. <laughs> Shit. Oh, uh, or we could also live in the world where Nicolas Cage clones and kills himself many times yes. over. So, Blakey T, it's been an episode. Where can people find you on the internet other than playing the gamble of beef? <laughs> Oh, that's just about it. You can also find me on Twitter at Blake A. Tanner. Don't know why. Don't do anything there. You can also find me on the Dark Room Vidya on YouTube. That's D-A-R-K-R-O-O-M-V-I-D-Y-A. And uh, if you check out the uh, We Suck At series, I'm there. My friends do a lot of videos on that. It's fun. And you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo S C O T T Y E M O. I deleted Instagram and Facebook because I'm like, I need to spend less time on social media. Fun fact, that didn't decrease my time on social media. It just increased my time on Twitter. So I've been tweeting a whole lot more. So follow me there. Check out all my books on uh, Amazon, the Quasal Corp Trilogy, BS versus the Gods, ladies and gentlemen. And then, of course, remember to check out all the other shows online at a load of purebs.com. Whether that be fun fiction, whether it be opposite attractions, they're all up there for you to check out. All right. Uh, special thanks to Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes for our theme song, our intro and outro music, Ric Flair. Off of their first debuting album, Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes. That's right, it's the same name. <laughs> and, of course, remember to support us either on Patreon by picking up some merch or just leave us a review on iTunes. We love getting feedback over there. Or please, please, please just re- subscribe to the YouTube channel if you've liked what you've seen today. Leave a comment on the video. Tell us what your what would your game of beef care, gamble of beef character be called. Let us know. And then, of course, remember to find Blake and me on Twitter at a load of pure BS, except no substitutes, and we will see you next. <laughs>